Welcome to The Sweat Room, a podcast of Watermark Wesleyan Church. Get it, got it, give it. Here in The Sweat Room, we dive into today's questions about sports and faith. I would say a great leader, or a good leader even, um, early on in my career, kind of thought about focusing more on myself and I'd say once you get into the good leader you're kind of focusing on how to elevate guys around you um that's something that our coaches talk about all the time is like you can be consistent with yourself but if you're not bringing teammates along with you um you're not elevating our standard and now here's your hosts Noah and Bjorn what is going on everybody welcome to the 49th episode of the sweat room my name is Noah Corsten alongside my co-host Bjorn Webb we are so pumped and so honored to have you today for a third week of our UB football series featuring Evan Finnegan I apologize about my voice it's a little raspy I lost it earlier in the week but if you're not familiar with Evan he's from Michigan and he has set single season punt records for the University of Buffalo Bulls. He was the Mid-American Conference's male representative at the 2020 NCA Student Athlete Leadership Forum. He's voted vice president of UB's Student Athlete Advisory Committee for the 2020 and 21 year. And his major is in business administration. You guys are in for a treat with punter Evan Finnegan. He talks about his story, how he's overcome adversity. He broke his leg and he talks about overcoming that as well. An incredible story, incredible guy. Guy. So excited for today's episode. And if you're new to our podcast, our motto is get it, got it, give it. We're always in every phase of this, always learning, always teaching, and always applying. And we like to say here at the Sweat Room, everybody has a story. It's just a little bit different platform. You see, we've interviewed professional athletes to high school athletes. It doesn't matter who you are, you have a story, you bring something to the table each and every single day. And today is no different. Evan has an incredible story. So excited to share with you today. And before we dive into today's episode, go check us out on social at Watermark Sports on Facebook and Instagram. And if you really enjoyed today's episode, go share it with a friend and pass it along with them. That would help us out a ton. We'd really appreciate that. And go check us out on Twitter at Sweat Room Pod. It's a little bit different than Watermark Sports. It's Sweat Room Pod on Twitter. And I highly encourage you to jot some notes down, whether it's a thought, it's a sentence, write some things down. Even if you don't, go check out our blog at watermarkwesleyan.com slash blog. So without further ado, here is our conversation with punter Evan Finnegan. We want to welcome to the sweat room, Evan Finnegan. Evan, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for having me. So Evan, I know that you're from Michigan and I used to live in Michigan for a brief time in my life. So this is the big question that I'm sure that you get asked all the time being from Michigan. Are you a go blue or go green and why? Uh, so my parents met at Michigan state and have been season tickets holders since they've been uh, freshmen in college. And cool. uh, so we are a go green family, uh, but now it's a go blue family with uh, playing at Buffalo and uh, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of flipped. I like yeah. it. And then uh, one of my sisters, she went to grand Valley uh, which they're the Lakers. So they're blue also. So a little trick question there, but, uh, Michigan state grand Valley where majority of my family, um, has gone. Sure. And you got to go to the Rose bowl a few years ago when it was Michigan state against Stanford, correct? Yep. Yeah. So we got to, um, go to a lot of really cool games. The Rose bowl being one of them, uh, that was freshman year high school. So that was the hundredth Rose bowl against Stanford and they, uh, Very cool. they won it. So that was, that was exciting. 
it's always more fun when you win. As, as my mom always said, winning's not everything, but it's sure a lot more fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Evan, how long have you been playing football? As you mentioned, you're playing at UB. Uh, why'd you choose UB? Yeah. So, uh, playing football, um, always loved it from a young age, just watching it with my family and everything. First year playing on an organized team was second grade. Uh, so I was in second grade, started playing flag football for, um, would be Sterling Heights Raiders. So that, that was the first team I was ever on. And then, uh, played all the way through, uh, eighth grade and then, uh, in high school and now here, um, and what was the other question? I'm sorry. What was that? Yeah. Why did you choose UB over other schools and how'd you sort of get to get to Buffalo? Yeah. So, uh, how I chose UB, I kind of had an interesting recruiting path where senior high school, I was actually committed to Toledo. Um, wow. and then didn't really feel like that was where I wanted to be. Um, they didn't have a scholarship for me. It ended up, they didn't have a scholarship for me. And, uh, eventually, made it to, uh, Buffalo. It was perfect situation where I kind of had it narrowed it down, narrowed down between Eastern Michigan and Buffalo at the very end. And wow. Eastern had, um, was closer to home, but really every other category, uh, Buffalo was ahead in, well, I like their school a lot more. I'm a finance major. Uh, Buffalo is a really good finance school, uh, school management here. And I like the area. Um, I kind of was looking for a way to get outside of Metro Detroit too. So, uh, Buffalo checked a lot of, uh, boxes and, um, seemed like a great fit and really worked out perfectly. That's awesome. And I know I'm sure one of our former guests that I'm sure you've gotten to know is Cal Kern, yeah. his son, Brett, who we'll have on the sweat room later on, he went to Toledo. Um, so I'm sure if, if they got a hold of you earlier, it could have been gone either way. So that's kind of a cool story. So for you, how the, 2020 was a crazy year for everybody, but I can't imagine it being a D one athlete during this time. And you guys at one point, were going to have a season. Weren't going to have a season. It was all over the place. Take us through our, take us and our listeners through the season. And how would you describe 2020? And 2020 is uh, frustrating to say the least. Um, it just very few times have we've been able to encounter a scenario where we really have not a lot of control of what happens. Um, mm. And that's kind of what happened uh, this previous year being told we are playing, we're not playing uh, some parameters of if we can play, how's it going to work. And so it really um, makes you kind of focus on what can you control? Cause if you don't, you can get very frustrated quickly. And that's mm. uh, something that happened with our team. And I know a lot of players is, guys wanted to play and uh we were itching to get out there we thought we were gonna have a really good team um in 2020 and we felt confident that we could do it safely uh but it was just it was tough because uh we we're all really looking forward to the season and then it gets canceled and then so we we're kind of checking to a different mode then you well know, we're not playing uh working out a little bit differently and kind of looking forward to the next season and then all of a sudden we get told we are going to play so we're very glad that we were able to play and uh fortunate that we really didn't have too much COVID issues we were we did a really good job as a team so that's I think that's a testament to us we uh really had very minimal problems with COVID that's awesome that's awesome and so I know 
um, you know, from following your season, watching a few of the games and everything, you guys had a pretty successful season. I know maybe it didn't, you know, the last game maybe didn't go as we wanted it to, but how, how was it this year? Um, when it comes to, you know, once you finally did get on the field, um, was the product on the field, maybe what you guys had all hoped that 2020 could be, or how did that sort of shape out once you did get on the field? Yeah, we had a, we had a very close knit team this year. And I think, you know, it's tough to look back on a season when one of our biggest goals was to win the Mac championship and that didn't come through, but, mm-hmm. um, now I'm super happy about our season and, uh, really other than the Mac championship, I thought we had a pretty successful year. And even in that game, we played hard and just sometimes doesn't go your way, but we're, we're not satisfied with the season and uh, having one loss on there and losing the game that we all look forward to. But we ended the season with a bull victory, which is only the second time in school history. Uh, so going back to back bull victories is pretty special. And yeah, I was talking to one of our coaches earlier this week is, I got here in uh, 2017 of the fall and I've never had a losing season since I've been here, which is pretty special. You know, it's kind of weird thinking about not too many uh, college players or athletes can say they've never had a losing season playing all the way through. So uh, we're eager eager to keep uh, pushing towards next season and um, chase down that Mac championship again. For sure. And so, um, Evan, are you, what year are you in school and how many years left do you have with the team? So it's a little bit of a trick question. Also, I, I didn't mean uh, for it to be, but, <laughs> uh, I graduate this spring. So I'm a senior, I'm in my last semester and, uh, I'll be graduating with, um, my degrees in finance. And then I'll start in the fall, my master's program in real estate development. Mm. and uh eligibility wise it's uh i think i have three more years left but um we'll take it one year at a time i I can realistically see myself being here for probably another two years uh throughout grad school but yeah so that'd be six years of eligibility but with covid and um i got a i did a normal red shirt then i got a medical red shirt then covid season didn't count so got a lot of eligibility left <laughs> cool well hey we're, we're looking forward to at least have you back for another year maybe two and we'll, we'll see what the future holds so evan one of the things that we like to focus on here um on the sweat room sports and faith podcast we have it right there in the name that you know we love sports we also love god and that's why one one reason we're super excited to have you on today is we know that you yourself are a man of faith and so could you tell us a little bit about um just you as a follower of christ and maybe even how you came to know christ in the first place yeah so i was very uh fortunate growing up um my parents were very instrumental in my faith. And that was always a staple in our household. Um, just always having faith, uh, kind of in everything we did. So they, they did a big sacrifice for my siblings and I, and sent us to a Catholic, uh, grade school, uh, well, kindergarten through eighth grade. Um, so that was St. Lawrence in Utica, Michigan. And then after there, uh, they wanted us to go to a, uh, you know, continue uh, education and faith, which was Bishop Foley Catholic High School in Madison Heights, Michigan. Um, but really, I would say I always had a pretty strong uh, faith, but really probably midway through high school was when I started kind of de- developing my own faith and kind of diving deep into it. I had a really good teacher in high school, uh, theology teacher, Mr. McCormick, um, and he had, uh, I really enjoyed his class and it really 
made you think about your faith and how to grow in it. And that was the first time I think I was probably a junior in high school. I started, started to kind of develop my own faith and uh, grow on it for my own, other than just like hearing other people uh, either teach or, you know, going to mass and stuff like that, doing stuff on my own, uh, you know, diving into Bible verses or whatnot and uh, just learning more about God and everything. Cause I had a faith, but that's when it started growing. And, you know, with faith, it's always, you have your ups and downs. Um, sure. But really confident uh, in uh, my parents and everyone. Uh, I was very fortunate to have such a strong um, foundation for it. That's awesome. Well, I, it's cool to see just how, how God's working in your life. And I know just a lot of your teammates look up to you and, and they say you really just live it out. And we'll, we'll have a few of your teammates on here, but that I know that's one of the things that they say about you. So that's really cool. So for in 2019, you suffered a pretty significant injury at Penn State. I would love, I mean, I don't, I, I don't love the idea of you getting hurt, but I'd love for you just to take our listeners through what happened that day and how did you get through it? Yeah. So that was, uh, that was a huge challenge, uh, to overcome, um, in 2019, uh, at Penn state, uh, it was early second game of the season, early September. Um, I want to say it was probably mid to late third quarter at a rollout. So a rugby style punt where I was kind of leaving the pocket and a uh, defender got through and we kind of had like a shin on shin contact and his leg was planted in the ground. So he had a lot more leverage and mm -hmm. I had a clean tip fib fracture kind of right in the middle of my leg. So, wow. You know, just snapped. Um, luckily I didn't have too much pain right away. Entire like waist down is like numb or my right leg was numb. So fortunately I didn't have too much pain there, but I was kind of just frozen. Uh, couldn't really do much. And, got rushed to the hospital, uh, directly after that, they had to reset the bone, uh, over at oh my word. And, uh, and then I think I went into surgery maybe about around noon the following day. So I think the game was on September 7th and surgery was around noon, September 8th. Uh, oh my word. Wow. So yeah, it was a quick turnaround, but after they got uh, the rod. So I have a rod going from my knee to my ankle within my leg and, uh, doctors did a tremendous job. It's really nothing. Um, I don't think it could have gone any more smoothly for the scenario that I was in, but rehab was tough. Uh, it was a long process, mm. but yeah, it was very, very interesting time. That was kind of the first time, um, I'd, I'd say I had a major injury and it was uh first time doing like a rehab to that extent. Mm. Wow. What what was that what was that rehab like when you were doing that? And I, I know, you know, I myself have been fortunate and I've never, you know, suffered any injury of that caliber where I've had to, you know, take a season off or do rehab in the off season and all that stuff. But I know I've talked with many people that just talk about how, you know, how grueling that process is. What what was rehab like for you? Um, it was definitely I'd say the physical part was uh physical part of rehab was strenuous and difficult, but the mental aspect of it was just as hard, if not harder. Um, just mm. kind of not knowing if you're going to be able to play again or what's, what's your leg going to be like when you're fully healed. Um, if you're, if, if it's going to be reacting the same or whatnot, but yeah, definitely a mental strain 
and uh, kind of bringing faith into it. I really had to buckle down and just trust God in the process. Uh, mm. There was, I'm not sure where I heard it, but uh, it might have been Cal Kern uh, say, God doesn't always, um, God's plan doesn't always correlate with your personal agenda. I had a lot mm. of really high goals for that season. And, um, but I wouldn't take away that injury for the, you know, I wouldn't take it away. If there was a redo, I wish everything happened the same because I grew so much in my faith and I mm. from it. So it was very, uh, it was a hard process, long process. Um, but man, it was a great learning experience. And you, mm. you get- I'd love to focus in on that. Like with your faith aspect, what, what did, what did you feel like God really taught you through that process of just even rehab? And I, I can't imagine busting that kind of bone in your leg. That's crazy. I, I mean, what, what did God teach you through that? Uh, I think, first thing that comes to mind is patience. You know, you're not going to be able to uh, do a lot of things before um, pre-injury until after many months of hard work. So just patience. And I think God really taught me about attacking the day and winning the day and not getting so focused on long-term goals, kind of focusing more on short-term goals. uh, Because before, you know, I wanted to run, got to learn to walk first and be able to do that. And with the rod and everything, I was able to walk pretty, pretty soon. I want to say 16 days after injury was the first time I was able to walk in a boot. Wow. That's uh, crazy. Without crutches. Uh, yeah. And it's not like I was walking every single day, but that was the first time I was able to go 25 yards or, or so. And, uh, but yeah, well, hey, you only need 10 to get the first down. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good, good point there. But, uh, yeah, patience, patience is huge, huge. And, you know, anything with faith, trust, uh, trusting that God has a plan and, um, that he's, he's giving you an, an opportunity to do something that, uh, that'll help you grow and you'll be better off for it. And I firmly believe that. Uh, yeah. Wow. That, that, that's awesome, Evan. And I, you know, I have the utmost respect, you know, for you as somebody sitting there who had a, you know, gruesome injury that took a lot of rehab and, you know, it was tough. You said physically, mentally, but then to also sit here and say, I would do it again because of how much better of a person of a, you know, just how much stronger I am through that. And I, you know, I, like I said, I've never had an injury, but as right now I project myself to be in your shoes, like, man, I'd be wishing I never got hurt and could have that season back and all these other things, but man, so kudos to you for being able to sort of step outside the situation and say, you know, there's more to it than just maybe missing the rest of a season of football. There's more to it than, you know, all of these other things is life's bigger than that. So kudos to you. And Evan, we really want to, you know, we, we read, we saw an article that you talked with somebody um, kind of special. Could you tell us a little bit about um, just the relationship you have with that individual and who that was and how that came about? Yeah. So uh, I was in the hospital for about four days and on the way back, I was in, uh, I think it was like Nittany Lion Medical Center or something uh, right, right on a Penn State's campus. And I was there from Saturday night to Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday, I'm driving back. I get a text from my aunt say, um, if you get a call from whatever area code, which was 
would be, um, it was a Virginia area code. It's Joe Theismann and he wants to talk to you. I was like, no way. That's, uh, that's pretty awesome. So, and like within a moment, matter of minutes, uh, I got a call and it was Joe Theismann and just kind of giving me encouragement. And he asked if, uh, if I need anything along the way, he'd like to keep in contact. And he's been uh, kind of growing a friendship through it. And he's been very supportive and uh, got to learn a lot about him throughout the, throughout the way. What's, what do you, what's one of the biggest things that you've learned just in your, just getting to know him? Um, your time with him? He has a really good sense of humor. He's a funny guy, which, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but he, uh, he was just, he liked to ask a lot of details and kind of, he gave me a lot of perspective because my injury was pretty bad, but um, I believe his was a lot worse. He, he had oh, yeah. more towards his ankle. And that was one of the biggest things with my injury was it stayed away from the knee and the ankle. It was like right in the middle of the shin, which was mm-hmm. kind of best case scenario. I didn't have a, really any too much ligament damage or anything with tendons. It was really just the bone, which is pretty amazing. His was more towards the ankle. Um, and I think he had a lot more complications with his injury. Mm. Uh, I don't really know to the extent, but I think his rehab time was a lot longer and, um, but extremely encouraging guy, uh, just would call in every now and then just to check in and we talk throughout the season still and, um, wish me congratulations after the bowl win and. Uh, that's awesome. Stuff, so it was, that's cool. It's it's cool to see how how God's opening doors for you, and just seeing how you know He's bringing in people like Joe Theismann in your life to just give you simple encouragement. And one of the cool doors that just reading up on you is. I can see that you're a leader. And so in 2020, you were Mid-American Conference's male representative at the 2020 NCA Student Athlete Leadership Forum. That's a mouthful. But what did you speak on when you were there? And I'd love to ask a follow-up question of, for you. What makes what separates a good to great leader? Um, I'll, uh, I'll touch on the second question first. Um, what makes a good leader, the difference between a good leader and a great leader. Um, I was not really, I would say a great leader or a good leader, even, um, early on in my career, kind of thought about focusing more on myself. And I'd say, once you get into the good leader, you kind of focusing on how to elevate guys around you. Um, that's something that our coaches talk about all the time is like, you can be consistent with yourself, but if you're not bringing teammates along with you. Um, you're not elevating our standard or you're not making our team as good as it could be. So I'd say good leaders elevate people around you. Um, and then great leaders, man, I'll try to think about, uh, think about some of the teammates I've had in the past. Um, like James O'Hagan, who is a center here for four years. Um, Tyree Jackson, who was a quarterback. Um, think about guys like that. They, uh, they were just completely selfless. It was team first, no matter what. They were willing to go the extra mile. They really, it was, everything was about the team. And we have a guy right now who's a lot like that. His name is Jake Molnich, who's a fullback. And he is just, I think, one of the greatest leaders I've ever been around. Same with Jake Muzak, um, O-Lineman. Uh, we, we got a lot of really good guys on our team that show leadership qualities. And it's the similarities within them, it's team first, 
and because you don't have to worry about yourself because they're already keeping themselves to a high standard. So then they just bring our team along and elevate us as a whole. Um, and on the leadership council, I was elected to go to that, uh, which was last spring. And unfortunately, it got canceled with COVID. Oh, so, but we are going to be going, we're going to be diving deep into uh, kind of organizational behaviors, uh, how to elevate teams or how to make teams better as a whole, uh, a lot of psychology based in it. Um, what else? We're going to be talking a, a good amount about NCAA rules and regulations, our thoughts on it, giving our, our uh, um, opinions on maybe what we think could make NCAA better and what could uh, make college athletics better as a whole or things that we like, what we don't like, stuff like that. So I'm still on a couple boards where um, we do similar stuff to that, but not as the extent. Cause that was, that was a very, that was a very uh, honorable thing that I got elected to and it, it meant a lot. So I was kind of bummed out that it got canceled. Uh, but and it would have been three, four days in Los Angeles. So that would have been a cool trip. Oh man. Sure. So is that, is that something that was voted on by coaches, players? Um, sort of how did you get that position? So that honor every, every, um, Mac team gets to nominate one male and one female. So it's more from like the administration level. So administration, talk to our coach. If he agrees with it, um, then they'll go on and I get an application and kind of say why. And then so uh, throughout every team in the MAC, they'll have one male and one female get uh, nominated. And then at the conference level, they get to pick one of those people nominated from every school. So I was nominated for the male. I got the male representative spot. And then a female... Uh, representative's name was Emma Sampson, I believe. Um, she's a swimmer at Toledo. And uh, so we talked a little bit before going because we were going to be representing our conference. And uh, it, would, it was going to be a really cool opportunity. But yeah, uh, pretty bummed that it didn't get to happen. But it's still a great honor, honor to be able to get that nomination. Yeah, for sure. So Evan, we've got, we've got just a couple more things here before we wrap up, but I do want to draw attention to something that may catch you off guard and you may not be expecting it, but I see, I see a bear behind you. Is there any story behind this massive thing you have on the wall or what's going on? Yeah. So not really too much of a story. We have a, um, kind of small cabin out in, uh, Northern Michigan in, uh, Elmira, Michigan. And it was sitting, it's always been there since I was a little kid, always been just laying around. And I always thought it was one of the coolest things that we've ever had. Yeah. And I, I, my parents, I was like, can I take that and bring it to college? Um, like, yeah, go for it. Yeah, no, no worries. And that's sweet. Um, well, it's probably, it's probably one of the coolest things I've ever seen um, on the wall of a college dorm room. So, <laughs> yeah. So, but I, no idea who um, harvested it or whatnot. Uh, no story behind it, but really like the outdoors. And, uh, actually that's probably where I feel closest to God. Um, mm. so I, I really like nature and stuff and that seeing God's beauty. So that's kind of my nature spiel is love the outdoors. And that's 
probably what the bear rep- represents the most. <laughs> sure, sure. A, l- a little bit of home just on your wall there. Yeah. <laughs> Dead animal. <laughs> That's cool. Um, so bringing it full circle, we talked a little bit about this past year. Uh, something that we've really enjoyed over the past few months talking to people is, you know, people are, some people are sick of talking about it, sick and hear about it, but 2020 was a, a weird and odd, a hard and exciting, uh, whatever you want to call it year. But God still was moving in the midst of all of that was still moving, you know, pandemic, maybe able to slow us down, maybe able to stop us from playing sports the way we want to do it or doing this, that, and the other thing, but it cannot stop God. And so a question we would love to ask is, what did God teach you during the year of 2020? What did you learn? Um, and what are maybe some of your reflections based on that year? Um, kind of bring it back what I said earlier with just trusting, trusting in him. Um, you know, COVID is a very scary thing. Uh, yeah. And you just don't really know you're worried about, I, I worried about my loved ones and um, you know, people that may be more at risk. I, I wasn't really too worried about for myself, uh, pretty young, healthy male, but yeah, you worry about your parents and stuff. So just trusting, uh, bring back trust. I think that's really one word that summarizes faith for me, at least is just trusting in God, trusting in faith, trusting in the Lord. Um, and then going back with his plans, not always going to align with your personal agenda. You know, I'm sure pretty much everyone had different idea for what their 2020 was going to be like. Uh, and if you had this in plan and this was part of your agenda for 2020, I would like to talk with you (laughs) a bigger conversation. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, you feel for all the people that, uh, lost businesses and, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, people that, you know, small business owners and they really struggled, but you just gotta have trust in the Lord and adapt and, uh, go back to, you know, things are going to change, but you just got to adapt and, um, evolve. So that pretty much same answer as before with injury. That's a big thing with it, but we're still going through it in 2021. So we'll see when things get back to uh, uh, quote unquote normal. Sure, sure. Yeah, we'll we'll see what what normal will look like in the future. I'm I don't know what quote unquote normal will ever be, but I got a I got a two part question for you as as kind of we're closing up. Number one is how can people find you on social if you want to throw that out there, and uh, what can our listeners expect from you being next year? Yeah, so my uh, Twitter handle is at efinnegan40. And then my Instagram handle is at Evan Finnegan 40. So pretty similar. Uh, cool. And then with our football team, I, I can't promise anything going into the season, but um, I, I can't promise anything win wise, but I know for a fact, we're going to be working extremely hard this off season. The team is eager. We are, uh, we're not satisfied with what happened last season. We, we lost the game that we all dreamed of winning uh when we come mm. in here uh getting that mac championship title is a goal of ours pretty much every season and so i think uh team is team is excited to play and we're um just looking forward to the season because i think we're going to have a great year again um just the way everyone's working and guys are locked in guys want to play guys want to get back out there uh, as a lot of guys would say, unfinished business. It's a little cliche. It's <laughs> great. Sure. We got we to gotta go out and, um, yeah, just kind of trust each other and go out and uh, have fun. Because I think that's a big thing with uh, sports and everything. You play better when you're having fun. 
Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's so good. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Evan. As we close up, is there any final thoughts that you would have for any of our listeners? Yeah, final thoughts is uh, just go out there, um, whatever you want to do with life. Uh, I'm a very eager person to just kind of attack a lot of goals. I have a lot of high achieving goals and whatnot. If I might not attain all of them, I'm at least going to try very hard. Uh, so last, last thing to the listeners, um, and say, just don't be a man of silent desperation. Um, that's probably my favorite quote is don't be a man of silent desperation, mm. meaning whatever you want to do, if you want to play college football, work, work as hard as you can. Um, if you can go do that, then, you know, maybe make it to the NFL, maybe have that as your next goal. And that's probably my uh, last quote I'll give you guys. Sweet. Is that your goal as we close out? Do you want, do you see yourself in the league? Um, That has always been a goal of mine. First off, I got to be the best college player I can be. So that's kind of like what I focus on. I focus on the shorter goals um, because I find it hard to uh, stay motivated for super long-term goals. But as of right now, um, if that's an opportunity that I have, I'm for sure going to go after it. But with uh, that's not going to be attainable if I'm not the best college player that sure. I can be first. So um, that's good. finish off these next couple seasons, uh, win a MAC championship, and we'll go from there one step at a time. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Evan. It's been fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, thank you, Evan, for joining us today. Bjorn, what were some of your thoughts of this conversation that we had with Evan today? Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed talking with Evan, and I loved when he was talking about the. There's a phrase that I like to, you know, call like competitive greatness, which is not competing against the other people around you or these worldly ideals of maybe what you should accomplish, but competing against yourself to be great, to be the best that you can be. Um, and if you can do that, then you will be successful in whatever you do, um, pushing yourself to limits. And I loved when we were talking about, you know, hey, do you want to play in the NFL? What's next? You know, all these things. And him saying, I'm just going to focus on right now this short-term goal of being the best punter I can be in college. Mm. And he knows that if he can do that, then his college career, his time in college playing football, whether it ends at college or whether he goes on to play at the next level, it will be successful and he will be the best that he can be. And so I love that competitive greatness mindset that he has. And and I have to believe that that's the mindset that, you know, most athletes that do go pro have to have, right? Or they can't be looking at, you know, when you're 12, it's really hard to look at Tom Brady in the Super Bowl and say, that's what I want to be. And I see a path to get there. Mm. It's no focus on that first step. Right. And then the next step. And then the next step. And right now for Evan, the step he's in right now is I need to be the best college punter that I can be. Hmm. So I, I love that. I think that's huge. And for anybody listening, whether you're an athlete or whether you're not, be the best that you can be. And that's going to take care of a lot of things. Absolutely. Yeah. And what about you, Noah? I loved even what you were talking about with that in terms of steps. And I think especially for him, he busted his leg. Hmm. And, you know, at one point, you know, it's bad when Joe Theismann reaches out to you. you know? <laughs> yeah. Which, but it's awesome. I mean, that's, it's an awesome connection point. Joe Theismann had one of the worst injuries that I've literally ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think something that he said was was a few things. But the first thing was learn to walk before you run. What a illustration and metaphor that is for life, especially with whether it's an injury, whether it's in your walk with Christ. You got to learn the basics before you do anything else. 
That was that's the most important thing. But one one thing that we we asked them of, just in terms of leadership and what makes a, a great leader, and he was just talking about those who are selfless, mm. being a selfless leader and looking out for others and being team oriented. And that's what it's all about, especially in the game of football. You have to look for that. And I loved hearing that coming from the punter. Yeah. You know, for him, he was he was supposed to be at this leadership conference. That was supposed to happen. That got canceled, sadly. But it's cool that his teammates, his the UB itself, recognized him as one of the leaders sure. of the University of Buffalo. So I, I love that. And he did a great job today. Yeah, he really did. And I'm super excited that, you know, he'll be sticking around for another year or two or maybe more. Maybe Who knows? three. He's got um, three years of eligibility. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to what UB football has next in store. Uh, we've got really good base, solid team, coaches, really establishing themselves as a force to be reckoned with in the MAC. And, you know, they got to win that MAC, MAC championship, but I think yeah. it's coming. And, okay. and people see that. People recognize UB as being a good football school. A good football team, and we're going to see that for years to come. And Buffalo is not going to be known just for the Bills, but Bills and Bulls, Bills and Bulls, Bills and Bulls, and the Sabers as hockey, right? Hopefully, (laughs) one day. (laughs) And next week, we're finishing off this UB football series with Coach Jeff Burrow. Jeff is a wise man. He leads so well and he's got so many different slogans that I'm so excited for you guys to just to hear from him and his story. Here's an excerpt of that conversation. One thing that I use with the, the players and it's kind of hung on and stuff but we have a, a saying in the DB room, um, anytime they make a mistake and they come to me and I ask what happened and the first thing they said well I thought I stopped them. I said you sure you want to go down that road what you thought? And <laughs> And then, and then they kind of pause for a minute, and then they're like, nah, I just messed up. And so it <laughs> eliminates a lot because we say, if you say, I thought, you're wrong. But if you say, I saw, then we can have a conversation. Thanks for listening to the Sweat Room Sports and Faith Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. If you'd like to stay connected with us, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Watermark Sports, on Twitter at Sweat Room Pod, and our new blog at watermarkwesleyan.com slash blog. Until next time, get it, got it, and give it. Thanks for listening to The Sweat Room, a podcast of Watermark Wesleyan Church. 